Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. I'm excited about the word today. The word of God today is coming out of Numbers, the book of Numbers chapter 13. And so um, you can turn there, you can turn on your electronic device and go there, or you can just look at the screens. And when you're there, just stand with me. I will read it in your hearing. We're going to read verses 30 through and including verse 33. And the Bible says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He's talking about the promised land. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers. We were like grasshoppers. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Remain standing. I'm going to pray quickly. But I like to speak from the subject today. Think like God. Think like God. Father, we thank you for your word that descends out of the waterfalls of heaven today. Let it flood our soul. Let it transform us. Let it make us clean and make us new. We come against the power of Satan today for your power trumps his And your power is greater today. And we thank you for your word. Change our minds today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tell somebody next to you on your way down, think like God. Come on. Come on. Think like God. I think this is an important sermon today. Because in my experience of walking with God, I have realized how important it is to have the right mind and the right mindset. And what I want to first let you know is that God is a thinking God. Your God is a thinking God. And he is actually thinking about you. Yeah. God think is thinking about you. Now, when you put that in perspective, that is very powerful. I don't think we ever realize the full capacity of that statement that God is thinking about me. The God that formed the heavens and the earth is thinking about me. The God that spoke out of nothing and created something is thinking about me. 
The God that causes the clouds to float in a, a, in a blue sky is thinking about me. The God that took water and changed it into wine is thinking about me. The God that stooped down and formed Adam out of the dust of the ground is thinking of me. The great God, Jehovah, the first and the last, the Elohim God, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, that God is thinking about me, the God that sits on the circle of the earth where heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, that God is thinking about me, the God that through the ages has no beginning, is not confined by time. This eternal God who has many other things on his agenda is thinking about me. That is powerful for you to know because maybe you don't have anybody in your life that is really thinking about you. But God is thinking about you. He's concerned about where you go. He's concerned about what you do. He's concerned about what hurts you. He's concerned about what fails you. He's concerned about what you're fearful about. God is thinking about you. And in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah 29, if you could put that on the screen, verse 11 God is talking and he says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Wait a second. God is thinking about you. And not only is he thinking about you, he knows the thoughts. And the Bible says that he thinks towards you. So that is telling me that God does not just think thoughts about me and write them down and chronicle them in his diary and close the book and put it on his shelf. But God is actually thinking thoughts toward me. He's thinking thoughts and he is not a hoarder. He is not an ego maniacal type of God. He is not a God that is only about himself, but inherently God is a giver. And if God is a giver, he not only gives his grace, he not only gives his love, but he also gives his thoughts. Oh, y'all ain't with me today. If I can bring across to you the, the consideration of God disseminating and releasing his thoughts to you, that every good idea you have ever gotten has come from God. Yeah, that God is not stingy with his thoughts, but God is trying every which way to throw his thoughts towards you, hoping that you would catch his thoughts because he realizes that his thoughts about you are better with you than they are wrapped up in his brain. That if he could ever get his thoughts toward you, then you would realize that his thoughts are of peace and not of evil. And his thoughts towards you bring you to your destiny. And the only way for you to get to your destiny is to catch the thoughts of God. And I want to I want to bring across the notion today that uh, that that for too long you have been thinking the wrong thoughts. 
because thoughts bombard the human mind not just from God but from the enemy and also from your own thoughts and perhaps you have been living your life not based on God thoughts but based on your thoughts maybe you're walking through life and you have not caught the thoughts of God that he has for you and you've been living beneath your destiny because you're thinking lower than God wants you to think oh this is powerful today it, it's powerful today because God is a giver and and if God was willing to give his son his only son, and he was willing to let his son die for you, then why do we feel as though God is somehow not ready to release his thoughts, his big ideas, his crazy ideas to us? Why, why do we feel like somehow he's able to give us his son, but not give us his deepest, darkest secrets for our lives? Why, why do we feel like he's, he's able to sacrifice his son as the lamb of God, but yet he does not want to give us the strategy for how to ascend to a higher level and capacity of life? I came to tell somebody today, you've been thinking too low. Yeah. You've been thinking too low and you've been thinking like you. Instead of thinking like God. And, and, and I believe God wants every one of his children to think like him. And, and I want to talk today about some of the things that, that we go through and encounter. And, and often prevent us from thinking like God. Let's talk about the environment because the environment, not just the physical environment that you live in, but the mental environment that you live in, your thought environment is critical. Paul says it like this, that you should not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way you can walk out the will of God is to have a renewed mind. And Paul says that by your very nature, you automatically want to conform to the thinking of your world, of your environment. But, but he says in order to think like God, you have to be transformed in your mind. The environment is key. Your thought environment. What is influencing your thought life? Yeah. Where, where do your thoughts live? Do they live in the valley or do they live in the mountain? Do they, do they live in the meadow or do they live in a fire? Do, do, do your thoughts often resemble a dungeon or a prison? Do you feel incarcerated in your thoughts? Environment is key. It's so key because yesterday um, I was home with the kids and they were upstairs and I was in my room and I, and I heard some footsteps walking down the stairs. And I'm like, okay, they're up to something. I heard some footsteps walking down the stairs, but I didn't bother them. 
because I said they must be up to something because they're not really supposed to go downstairs with, without me. Um, and, and I let them go down. And, and after a while, I went downstairs and I noticed that the candy drawer was left open. And I said, OK, I didn't open the candy drawer and leave it open. My wife didn't. So I know it's the kids. And, and, and you, when you have kids, you start to know who is capable of doing what, right? Who has the tendency of doing what? So I didn't call Caleb. I called Izzy. I said, Izzy, come downstairs, because I know Izzy has that love for candy. And, and Caleb runs after her because he wants to see what's going on. And when I said, who left the candy drawer open? Caleb's like, not me, not me, daddy, not me. And you can see the look on her face, and she's like, I, I left it open. Izzy, are you supposed to go in the candy drawer without asking? No, I'm not. Didn't we tell you not to go in the candy drawer without asking? Yes, Daddy, we did. All right, because I got to preach tomorrow, you know what? I'm going to postpone your punishment. <laughs> I'm going to postpone your punishment, go upstairs, I'm going to think about it. You know, as parents, sometimes you better think first before you punish. And, and, and so I said, you know what, go upstairs, I'll think about what to do for you. And, and in that moment, something said to me, change her environment. Change her environment. Meaning, take the candy out of the drawer and put it in a place where she can't get to it. And immediately after that thought came, another thought came and said, don't do that because she'll never learn how to obey. She'll never learn how to abstain or how to, to, uh, to, to step away from something that she actually desires. So leave the candy where it is and teach her how to deny herself and how to obey. And I realized that Izzy lives in this candy environment. And I, as her father, want to take the candy away, but I realize that she won't learn. She won't get better if I take the candy away. And I thought about our lives and our thought environment. And often when we go through trials, we want God to deliver us from the trial. But God never delivers you from the trial. He delivers you through the trial. And the reason why you're still going through what you're going through is because God wants to bring you through it, not out of it. Mm -hmm. He wants to teach you how to go through sickness so that you can realize he's the healer of all healers. He wants to bring you through the financial struggle so that you can realize that he is your provider. If he takes you out of it and he never takes you through it, then you can never learn from it. And God wants to take you through it that's why he did not take the three Hebrew boys out of the fire but he delivered them in the fire and I came to tell somebody God wants to get in your fire he doesn't want to take you out of the fire because it's when he steps in the fire that you learn how good God is and God wants to get in your thoughts he wants to get in your thoughts because we are living with a lot of stuff today, a lot of influences today. 
A lot of people talking in our ears. A lot of images we're seeing on social media and TV. And we are, we are bombarded by different mediums of thoughts. And how do we live in the right environment? It's like the children of Israel when they were fighting the Philistines and they were facing Goliath. They were on one side of the cliff and the Philistines were on the other side of the cliff and there was a valley in the middle. And Goliath would come down every day into the valley and he would taunt the children of Israel and he would mock them and make fun of them, take jabs at them and call them nothing, call them dogs, call them low losers. And, and he would taunt them for 40 days. So for 40 days, they were living with a giant. For 40 days, the children of Israel were living with a giant. And you're trying to tell me there wasn't one soldier that could stand up and say, I'm going to fight him. There was no soldier. There was no worker. There was no servant. And even the king Saul did not raise his hand because it's tough when you're living in an environment with a giant because giants talk very harshly and giants use intimidation to come against your thoughts and they tell you you're nothing and they tell you you can't own the business they tell you you'll never be great they'll tell you that you'll never get what God has for you they'll tell you you'll always be depressed they'll tell you you'll always be afraid the giants are there to intimidate you and what happens is that when you live with a giant for too long your environments start to conform your thoughts start to conform rather to your environment and you have King Saul and all of the soldiers are living with this giant and they are afraid and intimidated and what God does is he calls David with a fresh perspective. So David coming from the field comes to the battle and David is not influenced by their environment because David has not been living with a giant for 40 days. So David comes with a fresh perspective. And, and what is the difference between the soldiers that have lived with Goliath for 40 days and David? There's nothing different other than the way that they think. You see, David thinks differently than the soldiers that were there being intimidated by Goliath. Because it's difficult to rise above a giant you've been living with. It's difficult to rise above a giant that you eat with. It's difficult to rise above a giant you work with. Uh -huh. And sometimes God takes a, a person, it takes a person to come with fresh perspective to look at you and say, why are you living in that state? And why are you living beneath who you are? Don't you know that you can slay this giant? And I came to tell you that maybe, just maybe God is not sending David your way 
because God has given you the same strength that he gave David. The difference between you and David is just that you're thinking differently. So you don't need a David to come and save you from your giant. You just need to think on a level where God wants to, you to think. He, you got to think on a level that will get you free from your environment. And, and David slays Goliath. And so the thing is, is that the giant is going to get slayed. <laughs> or in other words, somebody is going to invent what you have in your heart, in your mind. The question is, is it going to be you or them? <laughs> yeah, the big idea that you've been sitting on, the big idea that you have in your brain and you've been afraid to do somebody because God is going to get his glory regardless. <laughs> God is going to get his glory whether you do it or not. So are you going to be the one to slay Goliath or are you going to have David come along and do it? And so the opportunity is there. Or is it going to happen with you or without you? And the only way it's going to happen with you is if you start to think like God. You've been thinking too low. And, I, and I'm convinced that you've been thinking on the level of your environment. You've been thinking uh, along the pathway of the way that you grew up. You've been thinking based on your level of education because your environment shapes you. You're thinking based on who you're thinking on the level of who you're you're friends with. And because they think low, you think low. <laughs> because your family has never gone to college. Nobody in your family's ever gone to college. Then then you think on that level and you know it never go to college. And, and because nobody in your family's ever owned their business. You never own your own business. And because nobody has ever thought of what you're thinking about, you're afraid because your environment contradicts what God is saying. And we've got to get free from the chatter of our environment because our environment is, is trying to hold us back. And what do you have in your spirit that God has showed you that you are sitting on, that you are waiting for, that you are holding back with? I came to push somebody today. I feel like there is greatness in this room. I, I'm here to push somebody, uh, push you off the cliff so that you can fly and you can soar to your destiny. How long are you going to sit on the cliff? How long are you going to watch other people fly and other people soar? But you're afraid because you're thinking on your own level, but you've got to think like God. I 
believe and I declare that there is a big idea in this room. I declare that somebody is carrying a baby in their womb, something that they have been working on, but you've been afraid to birth it. But I, I declare that, that God is going to give you the capacity to bring about everything that he has showed you. You've got a dream inside of you. You've got a thought inside of you. And the spirit of God is pushing you to your greater level, to your greater self. And there is no way that that dream can die inside of you. But it's got to come out. It has to come out. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, let it out. Yeah, you've got to let it out. You've got to do whatever you got to do. Stop worrying about your haters. Stop worrying about what your family's going to say. Stop worrying about what your coworkers are going to say. Stop worrying about all of the negative thoughts and start thinking like God wants you to think. You've got to think on a higher level. Think on a higher level. Oh, I feel the anointing of God in here today that it's summertime, but God wants to push you in the summer. God does not want you to wait until the fall. God wants to push you in the summer while everybody's having fun. God is downloading thoughts into your spirit because God has greatness wrapped up inside of you and he is throwing his thoughts out to you. And do you have the capacity? to catch the thoughts of God I feel the Holy Ghost in here today hallelujah I feel God because if you're going to think like God you've got to think different yeah think think different you've got to think different because in our text in our text you have Caleb and Joshua who are the leaders of the children of Israel. And just to give you a little background quickly, the children of Israel have made their exodus from Egypt. They are in the wilderness, and God has brought them to the brink, to the threshold of the promised land. He has brought them to the threshold of the promised land. So he says, you know what? Because God is a strategist and he never wants us to enter into something without having the right information. You see, that's another caveat I want to drop real quick. Don't jump into something without having all of the information. Mm -hmm. Do the research, do the business plan before you jump into it. And so God wants the children of Israel to have a business plan. So he sends out 12 spies. And Joshua and Caleb are a, par a part of the 12 spies. And they come back and they give a report. And Caleb stands up and he says, we can do this, guys. There are giants in this land. But I'm telling you, we can overcome it. And what happens is, as soon as Caleb says that, the other 10 spies stand up and they say, we can't do it. We won't be able to overcome the giants that are in this land. They are too powerful. They are too big. But Caleb and Joshua are willing to be different. They're willing to think different. And sometimes you have to think different if you're going to think like God. 
Sometimes you have to think different if you're going to think like God. Because God does not do the ordinary, but God does the extraordinary. God does things that are just different. When, when they ran out of wine at the wedding of, Ken, of Cana of Galilee, God did not tell them to go and take uh, grapes and crush them and make wine, but God told them to get water. That is different. God told him to get water and pour out the water and automatically the water turned into wine. That is different. When God gets ready to feed the 5,000, he does not tell them to go to the sea and get all the fish that you can. God says, take this little boy's lunch and he uses this little boy's lunch to feed the multitude. Somebody say that's different. Yeah, when God decides to come on earth in flesh, he does not come in, in a couple's house where they are already married. Somebody say that's different. Yeah, he does not come in an environment where he comes out of a human man and a human woman, but he comes through immaculate conception. Somebody say that's different. Yeah, when Jesus decides to die, he does not die a quick death, but he dies an agonizing death. He dies the lowest way that you can die, and he dies on a cross. Somebody say, that's different. Yeah, because God does things differently. He does not do things ordinarily, but he does things differently. And are you willing to be different? Because Caleb and Joshua stand up because they're willing to be different. They're not with the majority, but they are the minority. And I want to tell you that if you're going to think like God, you've got to be willing to be the minority. <laughs> that not everybody is going to co-sign your idea. Not everybody is going to co-sign the fact that you want to get a house and you've never owned a house before. Everybody's going to tell you continue renting. You don't have the money. You can't afford it. They're going to cause you and want you to live on a low level. But you've got to be willing to be different. Do I have anybody in the auditorium today that is willing to be different? I'm telling y'all that, that every big idea I've ever had had I did not have a lot of co-signers yeah I did not have a lot of co-signers because because not everybody is gonna see what God shows you oh I'm preaching today uh, not everybody is gonna see what you have a passion for what you have a desire to do and how you want to make a difference not everybody's gonna see it but are you willing to be different? Because God calls different folk. God called Saul of Tarsus, who was persecuting Christians. He was a terrorist against Christians. And God called that man. And that man is responsible for most of the New Testament that we read today. That is so different. If Paul was worried about pleasing everybody, Paul would have never stepped out. But Paul was willing to be different. 
He was willing to step out and say, I, I, I've got to do this for Christ, even though they think I'm a terrorist. Because Paul is willing to think differently. And, and why are you willing to jeopardize the God thoughts that are being released to you just to acquiesce to what the majority say? Maybe there were a few more of the spies that actually believed that they could take the land. But what happens is when the majority goes one way and a few go the other way, most people go with the majority because they're worried about standing out and being different. And I want to tell you that you've got to believe it if you're willing to be different. You've got to believe in what you see. You've got to believe in what you see. Because Joshua and Caleb saw something that the others did not see. And they believed in it. Belief is a powerful thing. You don't even have to be a Christian to exercise the laws of belief. I'm not sure if Steve Jobs was a Christian or not. But, but he believed in making something, a company, a way of life, a, a way of doing things. He believed in creating a device that would connect the world. Mark Zuckerberg. He, he believed in, in, in a social platform that would link people all over the globe because belief is powerful. And maybe you're not thinking like God because you don't believe. And God is so is such a man that holds on to the principle or such a being that holds on to the principle of belief that he blesses those that are not even Christians if they exercise the principle of belief. That if they believe in something big enough and if they believe in something hard enough that, that they're able to make a difference in the world. The Wright brothers are able to construct a machine that will fly into the clouds, not because they're Christian, but because they believe. And what do you believe about what God has said to you? I feel God in here. What do you believe? Do you believe it hard enough to walk away from the majority and say, I believe God? Y'all can go with everybody else, but I believe what God has showed me. And I get criticized all the time for thinking too big. People tell me all the time, and, and sometimes it hasn't worked. And, and I think big. And I operate as if big is going to happen. And sometimes when I fall short of big, I remember somebody said recently, Mark, you, you think too big. And at first I was agreeing with them. And I said, yeah, I, I probably need to stop shooting for the stars because I can't get to the stars. But I realized that you'll never get to the moon if you don't shoot for it. Yeah, we would have never walked on the moon if somebody didn't say, I can actually get to the moon. 
And through the process of getting to the moon, a lot of people laughed. A lot of people said, you're crazy. But they're able to look back and said, it's because I, I, sh I, I, I went after the moon, which is why I, I was able to walk on the moon. And every big idea I've ever had, there hasn't been a lot of cosigners. It's a lonely road to think like God. It's, it's, a, it's an isolating feeling to think like, uh, to think the thoughts of God. Because God is af actually often stretching your brain, stretching your mind to believe beyond the confines of your environment. I, I can, pr maybe I have to do a part two on this because I can't even finish what I have in my notes because I believe God is stretching somebody's spirit. And when you stretch, you feel pain but it's because God is stretching your capacity to believe for greater. And, and, and when I was starting Link Church, I started as if the room was full. I started as if every seat was full. And then, and then somebody turned around and said, well, well, you didn't get that. So you shouldn't have shot for that. And I said, well, I wouldn't even have this if I didn't shoot for that. And you would never have what you currently have if you didn't shoot for beyond what you currently have. Yeah. And, and you've got to realize when you think like God, people won't often see what you see but you have to have enough confidence that God has given you his thoughts. Last slide, Mike, think small. I mean, think big. Yeah, yeah. Think, think, think big and think bigger. Somebody in here is thinking way too small. I believe God is speaking in here. You're thinking way too small. So the 10 spies said in our text that they are giants and we are like grasshoppers. We see ourselves as grasshoppers. So you can think yourself to be something that you are actually not. Because when God releases his thoughts to you, he says, think like a giant, think like a giant, think big, think like a giant, think like a giant. But because of the interference that happens on the way of you receiving your message, because the, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And in the air, a lot of messages are lost in translation. And by the time it gets to your spirit, it's bombarded by the influences that you are facing. And, and when God is saying, think big, by the time you get it, you hear it as think small. <laughs> oh, I feel God in here today. Y'all ain't got to shout because I know it's good. <laughs> You're thinking too small. Statistics say that 70% of your thoughts are depressive thoughts, are low thoughts. 
and 80% of the 70% are thoughts that you thought about yesterday. All right. 70% say, uh, the statistics say that 70% that of your thoughts are low thoughts. And 80% of the 70 are actually thoughts that you thought the day before. Which means that you are rehearsing the small thinking that you thought yesterday. And the reason why it's so hard for you to think big is because you're constantly thinking the same way that you thought yesterday. And small thinking is dangerous. Because small thinking will lead you to a slow, a slow, a slow, a slow, unfulfilled death. Because what happened to the children of Israel that thought small? The ones that thought small, what did God do? He sent them back into the wilderness. And they died in the place of their small thinking. Oh God, it's so good today. They died in the very place that they were thinking small. So, so if God is telling you to think big, think big, think big, and you continuously think small, think small, think small, God would say, fine, die in your small thinking. <laughs> oh, oh. Can you imagine Joshua and Caleb they thought big enough to realize that, you know what? I can step into the promises of God and I don't have to die in my small thinking. Your thoughts are too lazy. Oh, yeah. Somebody in here, your thoughts are too lazy. It's not going to fall from the sky. Your thoughts are too lazy because you would actually have the motivation to do it and the work ethic to do it if you thought big. But because you think small, your thoughts are so lazy. Oh, and I feel like somebody in here, God wants to bless you with a house. Oh, my God. God wants to bless you with a house. You never had a house. You never owned a house. But you're thinking on the level of renters. You're thinking on the level of never owning anything. And you'll die renting. Not everybody has to own a house. But if, if this is for you, then catch it. You'll die renting because, because you can't think bigger. And God says, fine, die in your small thinking. There's somebody else that's next to you that'll catch my thoughts of owning a house. There's somebody next to you that'll catch my thoughts of owning houses. There's somebody that'll catch my thoughts of owning companies. And, and you can die in your small thinking, but I need somebody to catch my thought of owning companies and owning businesses and having houses and having lands because I need somebody to catch it. And, and, and God is saying that if it's a small thinker, then, then they can die. But if it's a big thinker, then I've got something for you. And, and God wants you just to be willing to think big. I know you don't have the money. I know you don't have the finances. But that is not your problem. 
Your problem is that you don't think that you can have it. Oh, I feel like summer at Link is great already. <laughs> you, you don't feel like you can have it. You don't feel like you can get that job. You don't feel like you can get that promotion. But I guarantee you, if you start to believe that you can get it, then God will give it to you. You need to think bigger. Bigger. What in your life right now would change if you were to think bigger? <laughs> what in your life right now would change if you were to think bigger? Dream bigger. Believe bigger. Ask for bigger. Because grasshoppers, I'll finish here, grasshoppers don't kill giants. Grasshoppers cannot kill giants. Giants can kill grasshoppers, but grasshoppers cannot kill giants. But who in the world told you that you were a grasshopper? Who in your past told you that you were a grasshopper? Who told you you were worthless? Who told you you were stupid? Who told you you couldn't have it? Who in your past, who in your ear is telling you you're a grasshopper? Because God never said that. God never said you were a grasshopper. And maybe God is looking at the situation and he sees those that are in the promised land. He doesn't even see them as giants. He sees you as the giant and them as the grasshopper. But you see them as the giant and yourself as the grasshopper because you're thinking small. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.